If you've heard the invitation this morning, Oh, come, let us adore Him. And that's what I want to do today by looking at His story today. That's what history is, isn't it? It's His story, but we're going to look at His story in His Word today. We're going to look at Luke chapter 1 and Matthew chapter 1 together and look at a glimpse of the Christmas story. Luke chapter 1 and Matthew chapter 1. Have you ever noticed how we love to hear stories about how other people have faced impossible situations and overcome those situations? We like to watch movies or we like to read stories in the paper or maybe see a Hallmark TV special about things like that, but but we don't really enjoy it as much when we're the ones facing the impossible situation, do we? Do you know what impossible means? Impossible means not capable or not having likelihood of happening. It means something extremely difficult to deal with or tolerate. And I wonder how many of us this morning are facing something that we would describe like that. You'd say, Robbie, you know, I know life can be hard for all of us. And I know the rest of you have some things that you probably need to deal with that are kind of tough. But this thing in my life, this thing that I'm facing is truly not possible. I wish it were a story that I was reading about someone else. Because I wish it were not happening to me. I wish it was not my life. I just cannot see any way around or through what I'm experiencing. It is just impossible. Well, like all of you, and I mean it, not many of you, all of you, there have been times in my life when I faced the impossible. When I faced situations that I could not explain. When I faced problems that I could not fix. When I had questions that I could not answer. When I needed resources that I could not come up with. But I want to tell you today, from my experience and from the teaching of God's Word, I can tell you that we serve a God who does the impossible. God can make something out of nothing. Amen? God can take what we would call broken beyond repair and He can form it into something beautiful. In fact, some of you have heard me use the term before that I got from Shannon's dad, that he got from another old pastor that uh, back in his life somewhere, is that God uses broken things. That's the kind of stuff He works with. He can take empty and make it full. He can take doubts and confusion, and He can turn that around into assurance and confidence. Well, today we're going to look at a couple of passages of Scripture, and we're going to look at the lives of two people who, unfortunately, we usually only think about around Christmas time. And as we read the passages, you're going to see why in just a moment, but I believe that God would use the situations that they faced in their lives and the way God worked through their lives to show us that we can, in fact, trust Him no matter what we face in life. Now, there may be some super spiritual people in this room, Uh, Some of you out there that have never had a bad day, who've never struggled, who've always got the right perspective, but for the rest of us, we struggle sometimes, don't we? And God wants to teach us that no matter what we face, there is nothing too difficult for God. That though we may struggle initially sometimes, ultimately, if we put our trust in Him, He can do what seems impossible to us. We're going to look at the story of Mary and Joseph the mother and the, if you want to call him, the stepfather of Jesus Christ. 
And because of the chronology of the events, we're going to look at Mary first. We want to talk about, first of all, in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38, we want to think about Mary's impossibility. Luke 1, verses 26 through 38. I want to start by reading verses 26 through 29. It says, Now in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a young man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, the angel said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. Now earlier in Luke chapter 1, one of Mary's relatives, which the King James calls her cousin, but most of your other translations says one of her relatives, Mary finds out that that relative miraculously is going to have a baby. Then in verse 26, that's why it says now in the sixth month. In the sixth month of what? Six months after her relative, Elizabeth, found out she was going to have a baby miraculously. Mary has this incident with an angel happen. Well, what did happen? Well, an angel named Gabriel was sent by God to Mary. Now, I don't know if you know, but angels literally means messengers. That's what angels do. They are messenger boys. They are delivery boys. I talked about UPS just a moment ago. They're the UPS men for God. They bring His messages. Now, before we get too far, let's recognize something. You might be familiar with this story, and so you might pass over it, but I've never seen an angel. Have you? (laughs) I've never had an angel come speak to me. And if you told me you did, I would think you were weird, right? This doesn't happen. We, we're used to the story. We, we see the manger scenes. We read that. We look at the pictures and all that that goes along with it. But this just doesn't happen to people. And since that messenger had a message for her, he spoke to her. Now, many translations say something like, Hail or greetings, favored one. The word hail or greetings is almost always translated in other parts of the New Testament. The same word is usually translated rejoice or be glad. And so the angel's first words to Mary were, Rejoice! Be glad! You have been highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, I think it's important to understand it that way. You have been highly favored. Many people have the impression that there was something special about Mary. We're going to see she was a pretty special young lady. But it wasn't that she had done anything. The Bible is telling us that she had been graced with something. She had been favored with something. Guess what? God did you the favor of choosing you for something special. He said, rejoice! You've been picked to do something pretty awesome. God is with you. That's the new Robbie translation. And the Bible tells us in verse 29, she was perplexed. Don't you love how just the Bible just states things matter-of-factly sometimes? Yeah, well, you could translate that. She was really shook up. I mean, she was, she was shaken. And she was kind of having a conversation in her own mind trying to figure out what on earth is this all about, as you can imagine. Now, let's understand the context just a little bit. Mary is a young Jewish girl, probably, you know, early teenager. And in many ways, she appears to be, if you just read the story, she appears to be, like many Bible characters, just a normal, common person. But she was also a very godly young lady. Now, sometimes we don't give Mary her credit. 
But she was an amazing young lady who really loved God. And, I, and maybe if you could get a picture in your mind, think of some of our young ladies in our church who are teenagers or who are college age, girls that you look at them and you say, boy, she loves God. You can see it on her face. She loves the Lord. She wants to serve Him. She wants to share Him with others. Well, maybe that gives you a picture, a little bit better picture of who Mary is and what her life was all about. She was a young, godly lady. And though sometimes we see these Old Testament people or these Old Covenant people as not understanding so much about Christ and what He was going to do, as I read the Old Testament and as I study God's Word, I believe more and more that those Old Testament saints, people who lived B.C., before Christ, I believe that they knew more and that they expected more than we give them credit for. Now, certainly, because we live in the New Covenant, because we have the New Testament, we have a fuller understanding of God's plan, don't we? And, and, and that, that's a little bit of a shame on us, because sometimes they were more, more obedient with less information, like the wise men we talked about earlier. Sometimes they were more obedient with less information than we are with all that we know about Christ. But I don't believe they were totally in the dark. You see, they had prophecies about the coming of Christ. They had prophecies that told them that God was going to send His Savior. God was going to send a Messiah. And that Messiah was going to be born in Bethlehem, born of a virgin, of the line of David, and that that Messiah was going to die for the sins of the world. I believe they were expecting the Savior to come. Those who knew God, those who walked with God, those who were seeking Him in their lives. So I don't believe that, that these things that happened were totally out of Mary's worldview. She was aware that God was up to something. And she was, I believe, as a faithful young Jewish lady that loved God with all of her heart, she was expecting Him to send that Savior, the Messiah. However, like us many times, it's not likely that she had it all figured out, right? <laughs> I mean, I know some things about God's Word, and, and I'm growing in my understanding of that Word, but it's not likely that she had all the details figured out. And as she thought about it over time, later as the days and the weeks and the months and the years went by, I'm sure that those prophecies, and I'm sure that all the pieces of the puzzle, I'm sure that after this, as time unfolded, I'm sure that it began to make little by little more and more sense. But I'm sure that she didn't see it all at first very clearly. And she certainly was not expecting that numero uno is the one that it was going to happen to. <laughs> yeah, God's going to bring a Savior. Yeah, it's going to be a virgin. Yeah, he's going to be born in Bethlehem and all these kind of things, but not me. It just seemed so impossible. As the angel explained things to her in verses 30 through 33, clearly Mary did not understand how all of this could possibly happen. So Gabriel continued to explain it to her in those verses. Let's look at verses 30 and following. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor or grace with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him. Him, Jesus, Joshua, the Lord is salvation. That's what his name means. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob or Israel forever. And his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, how can this be? 
since I am a virgin. The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. Can you imagine what must have been going through Mary's mind? How can I have a baby, period, when I haven't even had that kind of a relationship with a man? I remember all I've heard about the Messiah's coming, and, and some of this sort of makes sense, but, but I don't think I ever really had it all that clear in my mind, and, and I certainly didn't expect it to happen like this, and I especially never saw me being the one that it was going to happen through. How can this all be? What must have been going through Mary's mind? Can you imagine? Can you just put yourself... And that's why I say sometimes we make these stories, we make them almost like fairy tales. Almost like we're looking back and we're reading this little fairy tale story. But I want you to see Mary as a regular, common in that sense, just ordinary person like us who happened to love God and God decided that He was going to grace or give the favor of the opportunity of bringing about the Savior. But can you imagine just an ordinary person like you? Tonight, if that happened, how would you respond to it? What are some of the things you could think you would think about? <laughs> how could God travel through a woman's birth canal? How do you raise God as a child in your home? Do you discipline Him? Or does He discipline you? What kind of food do you feed God the flesh? Can He eat Fruit Loops? That's what we eat. Can he only eat foods without trans fats? Will it ever be okay to have fun and to, to give him a Hershey's bar before bed? How do I dress God for school? What's okay for God to wear? You know, we, want, we might want to make it all spiritual, and certainly it is spiritual. But these are some of the things that a real person might have thought about, and Mary was a real person. Just a few moments ago, she was just an ordinary girl. Yeah, her and Joseph had some royalty or had some priesthood in their lineage. But they never imagined this. They were just a young couple. They were just wanting to start their lives together. And now, all of this, how was that going to happen? It was just so hard to understand. And we know that she was struggling with understanding it. We know that she felt overwhelmed by it all. We know that it seemed impossible. You know why? Because in verse 37... It's a verse that many of us need to memorize, Luke 1, 37. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. What you and I think, what, what appears to you and to me to be impossible, the Bible says, with God is certainly possible. You ever heard the statement, God plus one equals a majority? Has God ever told you in some way or another, I have something for you that you had not planned on. Anybody? I have something for your life that you had not planned for. Maybe even like Mary, something that's impossible to imagine. It doesn't seem very plausible to you. But I want you to notice her response in verse 38. In verse 38, I still don't think she had a clue what all this was about. But in her mind, she had enough. Do you hear that? She had all she needed. She had clear direction from God. And isn't this precious and beautiful to see this young lady 
even if it didn't make sense to her. You can almost see her swallow real hard, stand up tall, and say this, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You know what she said? Behold means look, pay attention. (laughs) She says, look right here, Gabe. Behold, I am the lady servant of the Lord. Whatever God wants, that's what we're going to do. Good grief. Isn't that awesome? What's even more awesome about it to me is that she was by herself when it happened. She didn't know you and I were going to be peering in and looking back, but what a young woman of faith. She served a God that she believed could do the impossible. Well, that's Mary's impossibility, but let's talk about Joseph's. Turn over to Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Matthew 1, verses 18 through 25. We've been looking at Mary's part, and surely that was impossible for her, but don't forget there's another person. A marriage, used to anyway, still for the most part does, involves a wife and a husband. And somehow, we don't know exactly how, Joseph found out that Mary was expecting a baby. Now let's read verses 18 through 19 to to begin to understand. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph or engaged to him, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. Now, like Luke chapter 1, it tells us that they were betrothed or they were engaged. Now, betrothal was similar to our engagement periods, much like we do today. However, the difference was theirs was more binding. When a couple became what we would call engaged or betrothed, they would be considered married at that point. The difference was they had not yet started their home together or had sexual relations. That would happen after their wedding night. Now part of this, part of the reason for for this was to show that the wife had been pure. If she had not been faithful, this would give a time frame for that to be seen. So the Bible says before they came together, before they were intimate in marriage, Mary was found to be pregnant. Now, that's the same word we use for Eureka. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. I'm sure Joseph was devastated. This wonderful, precious, pure Jewish lady that he had planned to share his life with was now found out to be less than pure. But then there's kind of some weird information and almost even comical. The Bible says before they came together, she was eureka Look at what we have here. To be with child by the Holy Spirit. Oh, okay. Whatever that means. What if you found out your fiancé was expecting a baby and you knew without a doubt that it wasn't yours? Okay, that's one issue. Then they start telling you, God did this. Okay, let's just blame it on the Lord. Let's just put it off on Him. Well, today with all the revelation we have, with all the understanding in God's Word we have, we have many people today that still misunderstand the Holy Spirit. 
Don't you think that back during that day, they, it was probably even more of a mysterious concept. Jo, Joseph knew even less than we have. So I'm sure that must have been just real plausible to Joseph. Oh yeah, this all happened by God's Spirit. It'd probably be about as realistic as if you were about to get married and your fiancé told you that. Oh, God did this. This is all part of, not just part of God's plan, but God did this. So here's the lady you're getting ready to marry. And you know this trial period in many ways, or at least for that purpose, is just a formality. You know that she's for real. You have no doubt in your mind that she's the one for you, that she is a pure lady, that she loves God, and now, sure enough, she's shown to be unfaithful. And on top of all that, she tries to say, this is all God's plan. How do you think Joseph felt? Betrayed? Let down? disappointed, angry, confused. There must have been in his mind many broken dreams at that point. Many plans that he had for the future would now never happen. But even though in the midst of that, he still didn't probably get it all, he decided to do what was right. In verse 19, it tells us, And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, so he wasn't wrong and he was a good man. He was a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, He didn't want to put her to a public open shame. He planned to send her away, or that word just means to divorce her. He planned to divorce her secretly. Now, Joseph could have made this very public and very nasty, but it says he decided to let her go or to divorce her privately. Now, the reason they would do this was so that she could be released from him, and now she could go and marry the father of that child. And Joseph's name could be cleared as not being involved. That was one of the reasons for that. And he had the right to make this very public. He had the right to to publicly uh, humiliate her for that or disgrace her. In fact, a woman could have even faced the death penalty for that. But it says he was a righteous man. And even though he was hurt, even though he was confused and maybe even angry, he decided to make it no harder on her than it had to be. His heart was broken, but Joseph loved Mary, and he loved God. He was going to do what was right, and he was going to do it in the best way for her. But in verses 20 through 23, the Bible tells us, But when he considered this, behold, look at this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him too in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. The Bible tells us that while all of this swirled around in Joseph's mind, that God sent him a messenger too to tell Joseph that this was all true. She was expecting. It was all of God. They should get married. Instead of it being a terrible thing, it would in fact be one of the greatest things. It would be the greatest thing that this this earth has ever experienced, that the first child in their home would be the Son of God, the Savior of the world, the long-awaited Messiah. This was going to be God's plan for the world worked out through their lives. Well, it certainly helped confirm his original thoughts about Mary. She's for real. 
but it's not exactly what Joseph was expecting. And it wasn't going to be easy. You see, if Joseph took Mary to be his wife, his image, his name would forever be scarred. Can you imagine what the talk would have been like at the carpenter shop? (laughs) Yeah, right, Joseph. This was all God's idea. It's not your child. Yeah, everybody's going to believe that. Not to, not to mention all the fears he must have had like Mary. How do, you, how, do you, how do you be dad, stepdad, to God in the flesh? How do you be the leader of the home where the Son of God is growing up? You talk about pressure to have family devotions every night. Amen? And your child's going to bed and says, we didn't have prayer. We joke about it, but can you imagine... Can you imagine God coming to you tonight and saying, you're the one. I'm going to bring this about through your home. He knew, being a godly man, surely he must have known, he was going to have to depend upon God every step of the way. Every day of his life, he was going to have to trust the Father to show him how to lead that home. And again, like Mary, I want you to pay attention to the simplicity of these people, yet the strength and the trust that they had in God. Look at verses 24 through 25. And Joseph awoke from his sleep, thought about it for a few days, got a little bit of counsel from some wise people, prayed about it some more, did some research on the internet to see if this had ever happened to anybody else. (laughs) Joseph awoke from his sleep, And he did. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. And he took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Joseph didn't send her away. He didn't divorce her. He took Mary to be his wife. He is a real man. He knows God, and he honors God, no matter what the price. And he believed, he was a man of faith, he believed that what God said he would do, God will in fact do, no matter what it looks like to you and to me. He trusted in a God who could do what he could not imagine. 2,000 years ago, a young godly couple just wanted to get married. You ever been there before? Hey, I just want to start my life with this person. Hey, I just want to, you know, make a good living. I just want to honor God with my home. I just want to seek Him. I just want to serve Him. I just want to share Him. They probably never thought that they would be public figures. They probably were just planning a quiet life of raising a family and serving God. Then all of a sudden their lives changed and God's plan for their life was going to impact eternity. I'm sure if you'd asked them, they would have said, we're the wrong people for that kind of plan. But God Almighty thought they were just right. You know what some of us here today? I'm glad that, that, that I'm not Joseph. I don't know if I could have handled that pressure. I don't know if I could have handled leading that home. We haven't been put on that path. <clears throat> but many of us have been put on a path that we didn't choose in this life, haven't we? Some of us here today, somebody else made a wrong choice 
Somebody else sinned against God. Somebody else went a different direction. And as a result of that, some things have happened in your life that you feel like are impossible to deal with. Many of us here today, it's because of our own choices. We've made many choices in life, and as a result of those choices, we've gotten into big trouble, and we don't see how we could ever, it's impossible to get out of this situation. Or maybe like Mary and Joseph, Things are going well for you. Maybe you're serving God. Maybe you're seeking God. Maybe you're sharing Him with other people. You're wanting with all your life just to be a simple, ordinary, God-fearing person that loves Him and gives your life to Him. But then all of a sudden, God speaks to you about a plan that He has for your life that you hadn't bargained for. Maybe He's calling you to serve Him in some way, to be a part of His plan that He's working out in this world and you just don't see how you're the right person for that. Maybe you're here today, and you say, you know what, I don't know if I'm all that close to God, but, but I'm just trying to be an ordinary, regular person, live, be a good citizen, try to honor God with my life. But God's spoken to you today that that's not enough, that you need Him to be your Savior, that you need to take another step in your spiritual walk. You see, the Bible says in John 1.12, but as many as received Him... To them, he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Some of us here today believe in God. Some of us here today are fine with coming to church. Some of us here today read our Bible, listen to religious programming, but you know in your heart that it's not enough. You may not have known what the next step is, but God has spoken to you today. I want you to surrender your heart to me. I'm not asking you to bring about the Savior. I'm not asking you to raise Him up in your home. I'm asking you to allow Him to come into your heart, to wash your sins away, and to lead and guide your life. This story, the Christmas story, is about hope. That God can do what we could have never imagined. And I believe today that to some degree or another, He wants to do something like that in every single one of our lives here today. Like a sweet, young teenage girl in Galilee, has God come and spoken to your heart? Now, I told you the other day, I'm not that all, all that angelic, Emma. But if I could be God's messenger, then I could be an angel today. You don't have to call me Gabe, just call me Rob. <clears throat> If I could be God's messenger, could it be just as real as that young lady who was just trying to live her life, just an ordinary person, but God had an extraordinary plan for her? Guess what? Rejoice, young lady. The Lord has graciously chosen you. Wow. The only thing to say to the Lord is yes, right? No and Lord never go together. Yes, Lord. God is speaking your heart today. Yes, Lord. You don't know what it is. Neither did she. She had an idea. He was showing her a glimpse, but she didn't know exactly what that plan was going to be. All she said was, be it done to me according to your word. I read this recently. I don't think it'd be a bad motto from our church or from my life. We, the unwilling led by the unqualified, have been doing the unbelievable for so long with so little that we now attempt the impossible even when we have nothing. Amen? (laughs) It lowers the expectations, doesn't it? We're not that good anyway. So just, we can back off. We don't have to be good. We don't have to be right. We don't have to be perfect. 
we, the unwilling, I didn't want to do it anyway. Led by the unqualified, we don't have that great leaders around us, have been doing the unbelievable for so long with so little that we now attempt the impossible even when we, have, we don't know any better. Except just to trust God. Is that where you are today? You know, the saddest case in this room today would be somebody who said, I'm all set. You see, many times we get it turned around. The enemy wants to tell us that we need to feel strong, then we can come to God. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches us that it's only in our weakness that God's strength can be made perfect. So if you're here today and you're one of those people that would say, I am not the one, the louder you say it, the more qualified you become. I don't fit the bill. Oh, you're perfect. Keep saying it. I'm weak. You know, I struggle. You're the one. With God, all things are possible, right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, without him, John 15 says, I can do nothing. I, I can't even breathe. I can't have heartbeats. Without him, I can do nothing. But with God, all things are possible. Maybe as Christians, listen to me, Christian friend, maybe we should be trusting God to do more than we expect Him to do. Amen? Do you believe that? In the last seven years of my life, I've just got a glimpse of what God might be able to do if I trusted Him. And I have a feeling that He wants to do a lot more than I've trusted Him for. And personally, I'm trying to trust Him for more in my life because I want to see Him work more things that only he could get the credit for. Some missionaries several years ago were working in Africa on the banks of a river, and there was this giant tree that had stood for generations. Well, because that area had suffered through famines and dry spells, the, the people saw that tree and how it stood for generations and generations, and they saw it so strong, and it almost seemed eternal to them. And so as a result of that, they became very superstitious about that tree. They thought there was something special about the tree, even, even that they should worship that tree. Adults would go by, they'd kiss the tree trunk. Children would tell visitors to the village, that tree has saved us. Well, some missionaries came to that area, and, and they saw that the people were, were so focused on that tree that they weren't able to trust Christ. They knew that that tree was falsely giving the people security about how it could help them. And so as they prayed together one day, they, uh, re- they remembered the verse in Matthew 17, 20 that says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, which is very tiny, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Well, the missionaries changed it slightly, believing that they didn't need a mountain to be moved. They needed a big tree to be moved. And so they began praying for that tree to be moved. Well, as they prayed about it, soon all the people in the village knew that these missionaries were praying about that tree. Six months later, the tree began to dry up. It lost its leaves and it collapsed like a giant into the river. The people of the community began proclaiming, Your God has done this. Your God has done this. And over a hundred people in that small village gave their life to Jesus Christ. As a result of those missionaries trusting God to do what they couldn't do. Now listen, don't get me wrong, friends, okay? There are people out there, there are Christians out there who will tell you, you just name it and claim it. You just see it and believe it. 
Actually, there are many of them that will tell you, you just speak the word and it will happen. Well, God is the only one with that kind of power. <laughs> okay? He might can do something like that through me if he backs it up. That's why we pray how? In his name. Right? According to his plan and purposes, he will answer our prayers. So here's the balance. I don't just go around saying, hey, you know what? I don't have enough money to cut that tree down my backyard. Tree, fall down. <laughs> no. But when I'm trying to serve God and things get impossible, I can say by faith, God, would you help me? And would you remove that? Or would you give me another direction to go? Amen? Just like the walls of Jericho, those walls are not coming down. Not with us, but with God, nothing shall be impossible. I wonder what your wall is today. I wonder what is keeping you back from moving forward with God. And would you today trust God to do what seems to you to be impossible. Let's pray together. God, this life is made up of situations after situations in our lives that we just can't handle on our own. And Lord, the reality is... <laughs> We can't handle any of it on our own. It's just times like that remind us how much we need you. Lord, I know that so many people in this room today, right now, are facing situations that seem impossible. It could be as simple as a family get together tonight with somebody that they know is impossible for them to deal with. And they need your help, God. They want to be together with their family. They want to be around that person, but they don't know how to do it. With God, nothing shall be impossible. Help them, Lord. Lord, I don't know all the situations that people are facing today. But looking at this precious young lady and her godly husband draws us to, in simple childlike faith, trust the mighty God. So whatever you're wanting to do, would it be done unto us according to your word right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come let us adore him. Amen. The invitation has already been given. And now the invitation, the challenge is, I surrender all. Would you be willing, like the wise men, to lay down all your treasures at Jesus' feet? Would you say to him, even the most expensive thing I have on this earth, whatever it is, just my life is what it represents. I just give myself to you, God. I hold nothing back from you. Sometimes people wonder about the invitation. What is that for? What kind of decisions? Any decision that you need to make today. If you need to receive Christ right there in your seat, if you need to pray with somebody, if you need to follow the Lord in baptism, and you want to talk to somebody about that, I want to talk to you about that. If, you need to, if you've been to our discovery class and believe God's uniting you together with this church family, now's a good time for that. Whatever decision you need to make, if God's speaking to your heart, if you don't even know what it is, I just know there's a wall, there's something, and, I, and I'm asking God to put His finger on that. I just need somebody to pray for me and with me. Whatever it is today, if God is speaking to you, 
If you feel like Mary today, God's just opened the curtain and spoke in your heart today, this is what I'm dealing with, and you need some help with that, would you come right now?